Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. I'm Adam Listek, a web developer based out of central Illinois and northern California. I've been consulting for oh, around 15 years now, and I've worked in a lot of different fields. This is my first attempt at a podcast, so thank you for joining me in this experiment. So today's topic is tools and utilities, uh, notably ones that you know make your day-to-day tasks a little bit easier, uh, ones that you kind of rely on. Uh, what I'm going to talk about is some that are that I use. Uh, you know, certainly not all of them, but ones that you know I, I found a lot a lot of interest in, and that they've been kind of integral to making my life a little bit easier. And so hopefully they help you. The first one I want to talk about is just a text editor, but it does a lot. Um, Visual Studio Code. So, you know, you might have in the past used other editors such as Sublime or Atom or, you know, going back for me, Coda. Uh, All of these are great editors and they do, you know, certain tasks very well. Uh, I've kind of gravitated towards using the newer uh, code editor, if only because... You know, it's got really good uh, Git integration. Um, this was put out by Microsoft uh, about, you know, early, well, a, w- a while back. But version 1.0 came out in about early 2016. It's rapidly become a very popular editor. And, you know, for most of the things, too, that it can't do, it's got a plugin ecosystem and many plugins. Uh, it's very easy to install, very easy to update. Um, it's got most of the same features you would expect out of any IDE at this point. You know, the kind of staples like multi-line editing, which, by the way, if you've never done multi-line editing, it is a godsend when you need to update a bunch of, you know, um, lines all together with the same type of text. Oftentimes I'll use it for I need to replace something or I just see a number of instances uh, and I select all the lines, and then I can tab them all over, or I can replace everything in between quotes. And it it's fantastic when you need it. I also does uh, debugging, IntelliSense, which is the Microsoft version of autocomplete commands. Basically, uh, it's fully customizable, multi-platform, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it works really well. Um, themable, of course. Uh, and you know, once you kind of customize it and get it you know, going to your liking, uh, you'll find that it's, it's a very powerful editor, uh, you know, especially with the debugging built in. Um, and some of the plugins out there have been really, you know, pushing the boundaries of what the editors can do. And, you know, traditionally you think of Visual Studio as a full-on IDE that does a ton of stuff and is very Windows-centric. Uh, but with this, it's a lighter editor, but it's amazing the amount of functionality that's being packed in there. So for the moment, it's definitely become my go-to editor, uh, especially being multi-platform and, uh, you know, being very quick, uh, which I can't always say the same about Atom. It always seemed like it took forever to load up. Sublime's very quick, but it seemed like development stagnated on that for quite some time. Uh, it kind of just the, it felt like the developer just kind of disappeared. But it did release uh, version 3.0, I want to say in the past two weeks, and it looks awesome, but, you know, still not uh, doing everything I'd like it to do. So I'm going to stick with Visual Studio Code for the moment. Uh, but I do urge you to check it out. It's, it's really cool, and it does a lot. 
The other tool I want to talk about is something called a Bit or by a company called Bitvise. And what it is, it's just a SSH client for Windows. You know, if you need to work in Windows and, uh, you know, I do, um, I switch between Windows and Mac OS and Linux, but I do a lot of work in Windows and I want the same experience I have on my MacBook and on Linux boxes. So what I've done is I've installed the client and I've wrapped the uh, command line SSH uh, client on there, which is, I believe, S-term C or something like that. I've wrapped that in a PowerShell function that, you know, just I call SSH and it just says, you know, SSH and give it some positional parameters and away you go. It's a great client. It's got excellent support for everything that you would need, uh, key support and, um, you know, all of the terminal emulation that you would expect. Uh, so, I mean, there's not a lot to say about it other than if you need that type of tool, it's certainly very useful. Uh, makes it really easy to wrap in the kind of scripts you might need, and it just it basically just works. Uh, they have, do have some GUI aspects to some of their other uh, tools that you get with it, like, uh, like SFTP and that kind of stuff, which you know, admittedly works pretty well. And when you need it, well, it's nice to have it. Uh, it's not, you know, natively there, you know, like an SSH command you would expect in most other Linux-based or, you know, BSD-based systems. But, you know, for what you need and how well it integrates with everything else, it's it works pretty well. So I definitely uh, urge you to check it out and, um, you know, let me know how you use that because uh, I've, I've really only used it for the, the standard stuff, but I'd love to see other use cases. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is um, consoles. I, and it kind of goes along with, you know, the prior topic of, you know, SSH and things, but how do I actually use those tools? Well, uh, I've got two tools, one for Mac and one for Windows. Um, for the Mac side, it's a console uh, that's iTerm2. And on the Windows side, it's ConEMU. And what they are, are they're just console replacements. Um, but they've got a ton of excellent features and they're both very similar in what they do um, and, and, and their feature sets, but um, slightly different. Uh, you know, with starting with iTerm2, it's got, of course, my favorite feature, which is that Quake-style dropdown. If you ever used to play Quake and they used to have a console that you could drop down and run various commands on, and it had this cool effect where it dropped down and then you could have semi-translucent background and type stuff. I mean, it didn't really add anything, but it was cool. Um, but both of those can do that, uh, so very important to me naturally. Uh, but it has you know other cool features like split panes, so you can have like four windows at once, which is why I do um, some search, uh, autocomplete, paste history, colors, of course, to make it a lot easier to read. Um, and with version three of iTerm to it, they've added a bunch of cool stuff. Um, badges, inline images, timestamps, annotations. I haven't played with that stuff a ton, uh, but the one that really caught my eye was uh, badges, mostly because, you know, if you have four uh, windows up and you're working four different servers, whether that's advisable or not, but if you do, then it could definitely be uh, useful to kind of have a badge on each of those uh, that would say, oh, this is development or this is production, you know. Uh, something that would really help to 
differentiate them and maybe make it less prone to mistakes. Uh, but it's pretty cool. I haven't tried it yet, but I want to try that. Uh, the only real complaint I have about iTerm 2 is its session management. So to kind of get a session set up the way that you want, and when I say session, it's like how they kind of define your window setup and everything. Uh, you, you get it basically set and you save it. And then on the next time it loads, it restores the session. Uh, but it's very easy to break. You know, if you accidentally exit out of a pane, well, then that's kind of the session that you've saved. Um, I, I feel like there's got to be a better way to do it, but I haven't figured it out yet. So, you know, if anyone knows, uh, please let me know. Um, I would love to uh, figure that out because it keeps breaking on me and I keep not fixing it. Um, so, uh, but other than that, I mean, feature-wise, it's awesome and it does, you know, work really well for what I need. Uh, the other uh, Windows side of it is called ConEMU, you know, a totally different utility, but the, basically the same thing. Um, I use a wrapper around it called Commander, C-M-D-E-R, which is really just a set of scripts and things that make it look a little prettier. Um, but it's got the same features, drop-down, quake-style, um, Pane, you know, that semi-transparent thing, split panes, uh, tabs, colors. Um, I use it with that four panes at the same time kind of thing. Uh, it is far easier to configure than uh, iTerm 2. Um, and you can save the configuration files, I believe, as XML. Um, I think that's the format, which I've done and kind of saved in my own Git repository of configurations. I'm, I'm trying very hard to put, put it all together in a way that... Uh, you know, I can very easily recreate what I need uh, if I ever need on a new system or something to that effect. Uh, another tool, uh, something I found online that I've been starting to use quite a bit, um, and it's been awesome, uh, is Gravit. Uh, well, it, that's the company, but the tool is, I believe, Gravit Designer. And they also have another one called uh, uh, Klex, K-L-E-X, I believe. Um, but really, Gravit Designer is the one I've been using quite a bit. I, I mean, it's basically a Photoshop, online Photoshop replacement, and there are a lot of those. But this one is very powerful, works really well. I, you know, it's not like it has feature for feature, but for web developers, especially uh, UI developers, it's got pretty much whatever you need. Um, the things that I like about it a lot, I mean, it is a graphics, and also a vector editor, so that's very nice. Uh, it's got a lot of built-in design resources. They integrated with uh, Icons 8 and other icon libraries and some other pictures and symbols and things, and it makes it just very easy to prototype stuff and throw things together. Um, it's got layers and artboards and effects. Uh, the filters are very, uh, very good and pretty much everything you would need. It's got built-in Google Fonts, which is great for uh, trying to see what different things look like. Um, and just they just released a version 3.2, and in that version they've got uh, symbols, which are reusable UI components. And I, I haven't played with those too much, but I I'm kind of want to migrate all my stuff to that type of idea. You know, I don't want it to be too cookie-cutter, but at the same time, there are components that I tend to reuse on projects, and instead of recreating the wheel every time, which, you know, I I've standardized on some of the CSS, but when it comes to like 
actually mocking up and prototyping that stuff. I would really love to have it where it's I could just drag and drop and change a few things. So I, I have to try that. Um, the other two things they added, uh, they added a bunch, but two that I noticed was some improved color swatches and the way they handle that. And I do like to standardize on a palette of colors when I'm doing a project. Just makes everything easier. And also another feature called Mask with Shape, which is actually really cool. Um, you know, you can do the traditional mask type operations, but, you know, you take a picture, throw it on the board, and then just add a shape, and then you just say mask with shape, and it just cuts it out of that. Um, very easy, very quick, uh, you know, pretty handy little feature, which I, I think Photoshop has or something certainly similar to it, but it's just quick and easy. Um, so it, it's a really cool tool. It's got a lot of features, it's got a lot of things. Um, and finally, one more uh, tool I want to throw in there, uh, something I've been using a ton lately. Uh, I've been very impressed with it. And that's called uh, Notion. So Notion isn't really a tech tool per se, but it's a uh, documentation tool. Um, and it's, it's online, notion.so. And I, I have to say, it's fantastic. It's, it's block-based. Uh, so that means like, all right, I make a page, I add the video block, the text block, the header block. Um, it's very quick, very intuitive. Uh, you can just move things around super easy. You can make columns. Uh, there's all sorts of different, you know, embeds, uh, frames of things you can do. Uh, you can have a lot of different uh, hierarchies and stuff like that. So uh, you can link to other pages and you can even make it where you share the page with individuals, and they can even edit it if you choose. They don't have to have Notion, I don't believe, for that. Uh, you can also make it public. Um, so you can have a public page and make it just really simple. Uh, but it it's works really well. Um, and I've been really impressed and moving a lot of my documentation to, to this. So I, I urge you to check it out. In fact, I'm doing all my podcast stuff in there. Uh, it just makes organizing it and putting it together much easier. I am debating whether or not to use that for, you know, displaying it, but we'll see. Um, it, yeah, but check it out. It's a really great tool. Um, I highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah. So that was a big rundown of a bunch of random tools. Um, you know, there are a ton more that I use. And I'm sure that, you know, if I think of things off the top of my head, you know, I could list them. But, you know, let me know what you use. Let me know what tools that uh, are out there that you've been loving uh, that have made your life easier and uh, yeah because I'm always looking for something new and something uh, useful so thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed this and found it useful I look forward to hearing uh, any responses good and bad and I hope to see you next week <laughs>